Could you no less? Yeah, put it inside and then the glass on the right hand side. Okay. Right, thank, you. thank you. Right hand side. Thank you. Which is no less scary, no less innovative, and no less important than the issue of tefillah itself. And I want to emphasize also that we have not yet finished, of course, the issue of tefillah or prayer in the thought of Rebbe Salavetri. To the contrary, we've only begun to scratch the surface, and there's much more that one can think about. And hopefully what one has seen in the last four or five sessions, that it is a very daring concept, and that it is a very innovative concept. And something as old as tefillah, one can find new dimensions of meaningfulness in thinking about it again. And he, of course, has done so. But so to hear the issue of Teshuvah itself, which is again, in a very similar way to, to Tefillah, it's something that reaches to the very heart of religious experience. Tefillah prayer is the core of, of religious experience of, of Torah Mitzvot, Tefillah, although is the biblical source for that. One has to serve God with one's heart. What is serving God with one's heart? The answer is Tefillah. And Reservation spent a lot of time studying and explaining and thinking about what tefillah is actually all about. The shuvah also has to be understood as a central concept. Now, <clears throat> what we're playing off, so to speak, on Shabbat is that whereas biblically tefillah plays less of a role, I'm going to speak about next week, what the tefillah concept is in the Talmud. And then you'll find that Teshuvah plays an incredibly powerful role in the Talmud as opposed to the biblical teachings. Now I'm going to ask the question, what changed? Why was Teshuvah relatively early point in the, in the Torah itself, and yet in the Talmudic writings, it's overwhelmingly important to the extent where when the rabbis had, when the rabbis had formulated the Amidah, the rabbis, the, the Talmudists, formulated the Amidah, they put right after Dachnanadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadad
But at a certain point, we even use the term on a popular level saying, do you love your field? And the answer is yes. What have, what have I done at that point? I have bridged the gap or have merged from a purely intellectual involvement to an emotional love. The word love is an emotional term. And I've done that. And it's true. If you speak to people that engage full-time in PhD work, they will tell you, I love my field. And they've gone from the intellectual to the experiential. And as one who has involved oneself in PhD work, it's true. Whereas intellectual is wonderfully satisfying, but even the notion of satisfaction, it's not an intellectual category. Satisfaction is an emotional category. It's experiential, where you feel good about it. And you ultimately do love your field, where you spend inordinate amounts of time engaging in the learning process, which is really an experiential issue. And Rabbi Salvation did, in fact, do that, wherein one would do what? One would begin intellectually with him, but you would unawares, what would happen to you? You ultimately become so involved in the thought process you would walk out of there and experientially inspired, motivated, thought about. And that's the highest ma'ala, that's the highest level where one can begin intellectually and the rigor is there, the logic is there and he's not doing anything other than intellectualizing with you. Studying with the force of the ideas give you this overwhelming sense of experientially being involved in teshuvah. That's an incredible statement. Again, there were three things that we discussed. One was the issue of reading Hakot Rambam. You read it, you understand it, fine, go home. Two was the next level of exposing oneself to the expansiveness of nature. You study, you go into a desert, you go to the expansiveness of the ocean, and then one can perhaps find a connecting link between oneself and one's soul. That's another one. But the third that Rabbi Salvechik involves himself in is this which is beginning with an intellectual process and not trying to come to an ex experiential end to that process, but you do. The amazing thing is that actually you do. And again, as a personal testimony states for me, that you would sit through the Shi'orim and you would experience Teshuvah only by virtue of the intellectual process. I had bought a, uh, a tape, somebody had videotaped one of these uh, Teshuvah that I showed in Yiddish. Why? I bought the tape, now that it's too late to actually have seen it, and I wanted only that A, my children should be able to see what this person was all about on, on a physical level. I wanted them to see him, I wanted to understand what it was. Two of my kids had actually seen him when we had gone to Boston and they were there and it was a very, for me, a very moving experience. The Berachah that he gave them or for the meeting, of course they don't remember, they were not part of that. They, they weren't drawn into his, to his aura. But for me it was and a moving experience to see that and, um, and, and the connecting link for me was there. But also, I'm hoping to try to get it translated into English and to dub in, Ooh. so that somebody could do it. I have somebody that's willing to do it. You know, uh, Herbo Tzara his name is Peretz Eichler. He does broadcasting, he does videoing and stuff. And he said, yeah, I can do it very easily and have somebody to do it. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to perhaps, if it's done well, to experience what the Shuvah is all about through one of these that I short, which again, called a thousand people on a regular basis, at least a thousand people. Now, we have to try to understand, welcome, whether or not Teshuvah is something that occurs spontaneously or does it only come in the aftermath of sin? That's the question that we raised and that we're still, we're still trying to study. One of the proofs that I'm going to have that Teshuvah is not something that does the one that only if the one has sin, but rather it's an, a constant, all-involving, all-encompassing process that the soul does is the fact that all of the Berachot that. In other words, Salat comes before after what comes first? Teshuvah or sin? Teshuvah comes first. So we have to answer the question. If Teshuvah were only that which 
comes in the response to transgression, then how come the rabbis should have reversed? Why do the rabbis reverse it? The answer is that in the rabbinic conception, the rabbis view teshuvah as not something that which one doesn't want as transgressed, but rather there's a broad definition of teshuvah that that the soul should be in a state of constant teshuvah, constant, not repentance. In the English translation, repentance, yes, you sin, you repent. But what does teshuvah really mean? Teshuvah really ongoing. means, I mean, sorry? Ongoing. Ongoing, because teshuvah means answer. In other words, God's question to Adam HaRishon was Ayeka, where are you? And that's a, a constant question that Borei Olam or Torah is asking a person, where are you? And that there's a need for a constant answer, a constant teshuvah, a constant return. But this will come to me. Yeah, in a certain sense. But, but I would say that it's not in a halal. That one lives in a constant, in other words, I'm going to also explain, according to my concept of the Shuvah, the notion of how is it that in a place where their righteous people cannot stand with his right by the Shuvah. This makes no sense. Now, the, guy, the, best, the highest category. Yeah, but that makes no sense. Yeah, do I encourage my kid to sin and do Shuvah? Should I be a higher level than a Sadiq Amur? Or do I encourage you to be Sadiq Amur? The answer is Sadiq Amur should be the highest level. Why is Ba'ala Teshuvah on a higher level? The answer is that everybody has to be in a state of... Everybody's a Ba'ala Teshuvah. As a sin is Sadiq Amur. Everybody's always involved in a process of answering to oneself. One's deepest self really is Borei Olam. I think a Sadiq Amur could still concede that a Ba'ala Teshuvah may have reached higher levels because he, he's been tested and the Sadiq has not been tested. So then why doesn't he place himself into that category to be tested? No. Why not? He, got the bit, he doesn't want to be tested. But, then, but then this guy has been tested and he's survived. Okay, but then, but then you, are, you are minimizing the height that a Sadiq Amur can attain. You're saying you can only get to X. Get only to X. But that's not, I would, as a spiritual personality, I wouldn't want to be limited to X only. I, I, I'm taught, and by the Torah, and by obviously by Jewish tradition, to reach for the highest level that one can achieve. You're saying that you are limited. You mean, you know, I can't get to the top rung of the ladder? You cannot. Why not? Because only you was tested and survives. So I want to be tested then. Now, of course, we don't encourage that. We don't say that because we're afraid of the test. But the answer that I would say in this case is that, yes, that even a righteous person is in the state of being tested, no matter who you are, you are being tested. And I, I go further and say that, that Teshuvah is so that even the greatest of the, has to, even the greatest, most righteous person has to engage in Teshuvah. And indeed, the biblical record is such that Moshe Rabbeinu needed Teshuvah. Everybody needs Teshuvah. Whether because as a response to Hata, transgression, transgression, or simply the constant state of the soul is one of constant Teshuvah involvement. So that will come to so as you go along. So there's no Sadiq yeah, I would say that that's what the Torah is really teaching you. There's no Sadiq Amur. There's no Sadiq Amur. There's, there's always a Teshuvah. Yeah, so it's one has to always be in the Vavashuvah, which is on a daily basis. Let's say I don't say anything wrong. Today, I go up in the morning, go to Sadiq Harat, pray to Harit. Now, I'm, I'm, uh, now, should I do Teshuvah now? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. That though I didn't transgress, Teshuvah is a fundamental spiritual category that's ongoing, all involving, all encompassing, and not only in response to Teshuvah. In the dichotomy that I set up yesterday between the Rambam and the Ramban, my mind is seeing Teshuvah only as the Pasukim and Mikbal Perik Dalit and Perik Heh. If I saw my sword, because I do Hadash and Hatu, that's one sort of Teshuvah. On the other side of that coin, I could see that my Ramban's view of Teshuvah is very different. Ramban, the catalyst, is talking about that now, that Teshuvah is a constant, ongoing involvement that will ultimately lead to ultimate redemption. So Ramban, there are two different types of Teshuvah, really. There is Teshuvah, that's the, the head, that's the Rambam. 
But it's something that's broader than that. It's more spiritually felt than that. And that's really what the Ramban is talking about. But okay, we'll come back to that also. So now, the characteristic of Rabbi Salavetch is that he used traditional sources in order to find something new in those traditional sources. We had begun to study last week the Mishnah of Masechet Yomah, which again Rabbi Salavetch brings to bear in order to, to interpret what's going on over here. Now, those who had read this Mishnah, whether or not it's Machloket is not really germane to the way Rabbi Salavetch interprets this. Here we're looking, we had begun to read the Mishnah, it's a nice Mishnah, page 311. The person says, I'm going to transgress in return, then they don't allow to, to we won't give, begin the opportunity to do Teshuvah. I will eat my, my ham and eggs tomorrow morning, but I'll do Teshuvah tomorrow afternoon. No problem, I can do whatever I want, but I will do Teshuvah always. The person who's involved in that situation never has the opportunity at some point to do Teshuvah. You can't transgress thinking I'm going to do Teshuvah because you won't have the opportunity to, to do Teshuvah. Or if one says, I will transgress and Yom Kippur will, will atone for my sins, then what will happen to Yom Kippur in that context will not atone for your sins. Because there's lacking over there a certain sincerity, a certain, uh, certain hypocrisy involved. Or if one were to say, Averot, and then further Mishnah teaches that, that transgression between a man and his friend, page 312, that Yom Kippur mechaper does not. Yom Kippur only mechaper atones for things that are between man and God, and man and man one has to ask his friend for forgiveness. That was the first opinion. The Be'ez Abba Nazariah tells, uh, quotes Pasuk. Back, back for a second to the Echakad Yashuv. That's a, a measurement of insincerity, right? Exactly. So you could even make Teshuvah on the insincerity. Right. Absolutely yes. Theoretically. Yeah, because that would not be insincere then. Right. And so that's if a person Mechalei Shabbat and he goes to Shul, then he gets in the car and goes to, that's insincere. But if he reaches a point I, I, I would call that insincere. Right. I would simply say that the guy has no, you know, maybe it's the word like a living, it's ignorance. Exactly. So that I, would, I would definitely agree with that statement. Yes. Okay, so then it begins, then furthermore, Nabi Azamazia says he has another statement. He quite, he, it reads close pasuk, the more of your transgressions in front of Hashem, purify yourself. Taru. Now there he says, I wrote down Now here, here now note that Tanakama says that the transgressions between a man and Hashem that transgressions between man and his friend, Yokuzah, that's the first statement. What is it is a Benazami, I say, as opposed to that, he wants to say that the transgression between a man and Hashem, until he talks to his friend. So that's the same as Tanakama, right? That's the same. And he only seems to add over here a pasu, right? Whereas Tanakama has no pasu, Benazami has a pasu, right? So we have statement A about Adam uh, Habero and Adam Hashem. Statement B says the same exact thing and add the pasuk. Statement 3 of Akiva says, Praise are you Israelites, before whom are you purifying yourself, and who purifies you? Your Father in heaven. And the pasuk which says, That I shall sprinkle upon you purifying water, you shall become pure. Now, is he agreeing or disagreeing with the previous statement? Now, the truth is, the more I read it, I think David is wrong. Wrong. Yeah? Wrong. Because whereas the previous statement says, that's why I read it again. The previous statement says that sins between myself, I, I, I just said I was wrong, so I, I transgressed. Uh-huh. I have to survive now. Okay, forgiveness. Okay. Now I go to the Akiva. Quote the Akiva, a sin between another person, I have to ask forgiveness. What's the Akiva saying over here? He's saying over here, it's all encompassing. Exactly. 
Great are you, Israel, before whom are you purified? Who purifies you? It seems to be from all transgressions. And because you have God in heaven purifies all of you, when he sprinkles you with the purifying waters, you are purified. Carte blanche. I don't, I don't have to ask him for any, any kind of forgiveness, because who's going to forgive me? What are you allowed? Because essentially, if you want to understand this deeper, when I insult you, you will be, who am I really insulting? God. Why? Because you create sentimental king. Because you create the image of Hathodosh Barakul, if I told you, you're insulting God. And human being is only an, exter- an exterior for the deepest part of the human being, which is godly, which is the spark of divinity. Let's go a little further. <clears throat> if I don't understand that, in other words, uh, you do something wrong, and I, and I do something uh, back to you, I don't think of Hashem. I think that you bothered me, so I'm going to get even. Oh, that's inappropriate on your part. Okay, fine. We're talking about the deeper levels of that. In other words, if I insulted you, do I have to ask you forgiveness or your creator for forgiveness? Because you're only kind of a um, representative of the creator. Let's say, for example, this may be somewhat of an analogy. Let's say you have a king. Right? You, know, you know a king? You know any kings? Mickey, you know a king? On your block, no? You knew about to be some kings. You'll see him. Put some kings there. Now, the king sends a messenger. The, the, the king sends a messenger, right? Sends a messenger to Shul. And, and I throw the messenger at a shul. Who am I really insulting? Messenger or the king? The king. Because the messenger is not insulting me. You're insulting the, the king, the one who came with the message. Oh, but the, the king's message. Yeah. So you're saying the messenger has it wrong. But the guy who's not like that is the messenger. Why not? 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 Why now, yeah. if we're gonna if we're gonna allow ourselves to sin to another man and then go say, hey, okay, Shem, please forgive me for sinning to this man. I haven't I haven't straightened out the relationship. But you have to. Me, okay, on one maybe maybe on a superficial level, but come on, maybe on a superficial level. But still, you know, if I, if but then he's saying that the ultimate forgiveness comes from God, even when it's all to you. Is, is he saying that? It's very clear. I want to be You're you're evading the main issue which is that you have to come to terms with your fellow man that's, 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 that's why I don't think he's saying that that's why I disagree with with, with your line but of thought here it's not clear no no he's, it's not what's it, you're saying that he's, he's talking about what does it mean what, we just said a statement you just said a statement that Yom is only between man and God and not between right. man and man Yom says Yom Kippur says great are you Israel that you are purified in front of your head, your father in heaven who pours upon you these purifying words and he purifies you. Right. Saves me from everything. Well, what you're, you're, you're talking about is when the, he reaches the eventual state of, of purification, that he's already made terms with his fellow man or he's already made tissue back to God, then now God will bring about his, his a new frame of mind, a new, a, a, a new uh, level of Tara on this person, and he, 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 he renews his, his, his strength in this person. And, and that's he, but he has to step. To, he has to go to the first step. He has to first get. But that's what he says. That's what it reads to me. So it reads to me. It reads to me like he has to He's saying you have to go through this. You have to do each thing. You have to do. He's not saying that. I mean, I hear saying. I'm going to So now, is he denying the previous statements or is he? He's enhancing the previous statement. Something that's not 
Especially when statements A and B say the same statement again. Let me try this thing. Suppose I steal something. Let's say I steal a person's book. You can't say you can't say you Okay, so the to take away from me that watch that I stole and he returns it to you. That's, that's, that's here. That's, that's the answer. You can but, yeah, but physically take it. But the other side is saying it. When I want to uh, have some business deal with, let's say, General Motors, I can go to the chairman of the board of General Motors and say, listen, I have this opportunity of doing business with you, etc. He says to me, call my vice president in charge of blinkety blank. So now that I really went to the top, I'm directed of how to conduct my business. And I think Ravi Akiva is doing the same thing. He's sending you to the top Olam. And Bereha Olam is telling us how to conduct our lives. And we're the conduct our lives. This, this past uh, Sedra, the mitzvot. It, it's the mitzvot. Well, you're saying it's that he's, he's not refuting. He's not refuting. I'm saying you're going to the top, but when you go to the top, he's going to tell you how to live your life. So it's okay. He's saying you're purified. The top doesn't well, purify. Why do we purify a... Uh, You're only making... He's the king. I don't think Rabbi Akiva would say that. He would not purify... Unless you use this... It's an interesting point. I mean, I think Rabbi Akiva would say that. 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 Rabbi Akiva says that. He, he always seems to indicate that uh, spiritual kind of uh, element. But I, I, well, well, I think also the, the, the structure of the Mishnah very often is, is not that they're refuting or disagreeing with one another. Very often the third rabbi will come and he'll, he'll add something that, not just, that, doesn't, that doesn't have to disagree. So I, I think the structure doesn't well, necessarily... I'm well, not sure. The conclusion you're coming to is it... No. Uh, is it, no. uh, the com I mean, let's test the conclusion. That's is it, yeah, okay. it agreeing with what, everything we know, or is it disagreeing with everything? No, because everything you know is... You're saying that it's it's the Yeah, everything you know is already filtered through the Rambam and the Rambam. You know, you've, got, you've come to the conclusion down the road. All the rabbis disagree, that by any come out of the doesn't mean yeah. they all agree. Yeah, in other words, so you, 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 what you know is that people, for example, will study issues, and they think they know X. Because they study that she only quotes X. There's a Y back there. What I'm doing now with, in the mornings, at 6 o'clock in the morning with uh, Jeffrey Cohen, is an amazing book of all the Ys that we never learn. Just wow, where did you get that from? And it's a Chazal quote, a normal Chazal, but you only know what the, the X that you know from that she and who you're learning. And we are unaware of the breadth and the depth of Jewish tradition. Because we only get it what she decided to quote from the Gemara. And in many, 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 hundreds and thousands of, of examples, mm -hmm. you could see where there's a, there's a Y to the X. You know, in areas of miracles, in areas of... So many different areas. And he just keeps on, his eyes keep on popping open. He says, why? Well, I never knew that. See, a lot you didn't know. But when you go back to the original laboratory of development of these ideas, we, you have the filter process at the end. The end of the, this was decided by the tradition, the opinion of this halakha, let's say. 
But you have another Das Yahid, let's say, back here, who contradicted that opinion. For example, we all know, and he's a great example, that generally, absolutely, if somebody tells you to either kill somebody, you should be killed. So it tells you to rape somebody, what do you do? So it tells you to do Al-Dazar, right? Now, this could happen. How could this happen? Let's say my, my sister lived on great, great, uh, Grace and Neck Road. Right? There's this big Catholic church down there. And I always had this problem when I used to eat there Friday night, I used to walk home, I had to pass by this huge church, and all these rough, tough kinds of times kids sitting right by me over there, and I, and I had to walk by them, it was, it was petrifying. Of course, I wouldn't take off my yarmulke. I was, again, I was 14, 15, 16 years old. On the other hand, I didn't want to walk by them, what should I do? And what, I kept thinking, what about they grab this, okay, I'm down, down to Mother Virgin Mary, whatever her name is. Is that you had to make the So according to the Rambam, and when everybody, nobody would disagree, what should I do in that case? Get beaten up, or bow down, what should I do? Right, why? Because that's halakha, you have to be Right? But I would have said, that's shahab, that's shahab, that's no. 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 Knows the things that the other knows three, right? No, it happens to be Rabbi Shmuel Shalek on that opinion, and it's important to know the Da'at Yahid. This is one example. And there's thousands of examples where we have the filtered process. At the end, we think it's X, but no, there's a Y that is equally strong. Could you follow one of the Absolutely, you can't even study up Da'at Yahid. It's Da'at Yahid. Do Rabbi Shmuel talk about a third-rate role player? He's a major league person. It is, but certainly Hachamim will always tell you when the Da'at Yahid. Why are we maintaining the Dajahid in our learning position? Because there may be a point, maybe a time when it's, it is appropriate to learn. The, the Muranos were a good example of that. They had the, they, they, you know, they had the Yes, exactly. Right, we allowed okay. them to come back. Right, right, right. It's a very important point. But what is the Dajahid? Sometimes one, we're allowed to rely on these, these are Tanaim. They're in the laboratory, they're formulating the policy. So sometimes... Uh, I don't understand. If we come out with a halakha that says something, and then when the crisis comes up, we go back to the Yahid. Well, what is the, the purpose of having a crisis? No. No, there's sometimes that the, the general rule for general situation is do X. But there always is a changed situation where you can rely on that Yahid plus a circumstance, whatever it may be. Now, my working on an Adelaide was not going to be a tremendous statement. The rabbis not in that case. We have to make a public statement where a Jew is, you know, uh, march before an entire cloudy uh, side on a few thousand down and they don't have to about that. In that case, that, that's Kiddush Hashem. For me, you can't other people that can beat me up, there's no Kiddush Hashem there. Don't even know about it. That's the way we're going to apply it all the time. That's what's Kiddush Hashem. The rabbis, that's the rational expected to apply the laws in the changing circumstances. Every situation is different. And it's true, perhaps, the women may not be able to apply it, but certainly a rabbi who knows the Da'atahit, man, this happens all the time. So you won't get beaten up, but I get beaten up. You don't know how to hide that. That's the road. That's either one. So there is something to be said. So therefore, this is all about Jack's point. So let's see what we know, and then without national. No, because what you know is a popular opinion that came. You gotta tell the guy. You sing that to sleep. Very, very well known. Uh, he is super into shot. 
No, they just show what it says, that's what I do. First, it says, you saw it, but I didn't make it before. You don't make it up, huh? Although I was darkened in the room, but no, that's why I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Right, because he said this, if I think we'll do five, believe me? Of course not. Do those five, don't believe don't we have this? Uh, the the part of the of course, absolutely. Right. But he's one of the great of the Tashanim, this, this, this commentary. Okay, back to this. So we'll leave that issue aside for now. Now I only have about four or five more minutes, so I have to go to this other uh, appointment. So let's just take this more. What does Rabbi say about this Mishnah? Now, as Rabbi Akiva seems to be very simple, Ashrachem Israel, then our discussion and, and uh, disagreement is no bearing on this issue. But we will try to pursue it. Ashrachem Israel, your point is so far still well taken. No, I think you're wrong, but you're, you're on solid ground. We'll see. Ashrachem Israel, Ashrachem Israel, Ashrachem that's the same. Blessed are you, Israel, before whom are you purified, and who purifies you, your Father in heaven, and the Pastor says, I will sprinkle water upon you, and you shall become pure. The old Mekhis and then furthermore he says, the Mekhdeh, he said, what does Mekhdeh, Israel mean? Purify the shot of that word, Mekhdeh, Israel. Really, it's Mekhdeh. It's not all. The shot means the hope of Israel. The word of Scripture means the hope of Israel. Not just over here. The hope of Israel. Right? But really, it should be, as you said, the mikveh which purifies a person. That's the context over here. He who purifies. Instead of the mikveh purifies somebody who's tamer, right? So who shall purify Israel. Now, what do you see from these two statements? And I will dare anybody to come up with from a salvation conclusion. You analyze this. What is he saying? sprinkle water upon you shall become pure and they say oh, the, the God is the mikveh the, the, the water of Israel who purifies what does all this mean what does this tell me why is this such a hidush nobody I guarantee will say well, sorry, just let me just begin by saying it very quickly so yeah, it the God is impure? No! no, no, no. no, no, no. It's impossible. No, I, I, I was saying... No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. Well, no, no, no. It's impossible. Yeah, become impure. Interesting. By making, by making Israel pure. Is God pure? That's an interesting conclusion, but no. And I don't know if I'm now to talk... It's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be educated, yes, right. What does Rabbi Sarah say in this Mishnah? Rabbi Sarah is saying over here that head is equated to Tum'ah. Okay. Right? Somebody who is tumified needs a mikveh. What's an example of that? Somebody who's Tara'at, somebody who's leprosy, somebody who's an emission, eternal emission, whatever it be. Touch the dead animal. That is. Now, on the other hand, hold on to that point for a second. On the other hand, what other type of tumification is there? Besides the one where one has some kind of emission from one's body, or Tara'at, wherein you need what? Mikveh. Everyone goes to Mikveh, and goes to Mikveh, that's one thing. If one comes in contact with death itself, then can I go to Mikveh? No. I know what I mean, and if I do not. That's a different form to location. I need the sprinkling of the Kohen, coming back to your point. Interesting. But I need the sprinkling of the Kohen, of the Kohen to purify me. So what is Rabbi Sarah today for really saying? That there's two types of purification. There's a purification of a mikveh and a purification of sprinkling. Right? Therefore, there must be two types of teshuvah and two types of transgressions. What's the difference between the two types of teshuvah, for example? Mikveh What's characteristic of the mikveh as opposed to the mikveh is active. You must take the personal initiative and go to the mikveh, right? If I decide to not go to the mikveh, what happens? I remain in my state of tumkish. It's personal initiative, number one. Only I can do it. If I want to do it, I do it. 
What do I do? I go in, I immerse myself, and I come out, and I am tahor. All me. So too is a Baal Teshuvah who has to engage in personal initiative in order to wipe away the past sins. Right? But what's characteristic of the second type of, of, of purification? You need somebody else to do so. You need Hazaran. But somebody who's Tamehmeh cannot do it himself. If you become Tamehmeh, which means you're involved in a death situation, you touch it, whatever it may be, you need the Kohen, it's from the Midbar Perikeh Pasukitev, you need the Kohen himself to come along and he's the Netaher. Who's the Netaher in the first case? Myself. Who's the Netaher in the second case? The Kohen. The Im Ken Asrebeh. What's I do myself? I spoke the holy words on myself. It's no good. It's not applicable. So the Mikveh is self-purification and brings one spiritually liberated by virtue of what I do on my own. But with Hazaah, spoken, I need somebody else. So now there's two types of Shuvah. Some Shuvah has to be done by oneself, and there's some Shuvah that has to be done with Hashem as the Metaher agent. Right? In the first kind, Hashem is waiting for me to do my own Teshuvah. He's waiting. The same way that I'm going to the Mikveh, I'm going to Teshuvah myself. He's waiting. Hashem wants us to do the Teshuvah, but He can't do it. Depending upon the transgression, He cannot play a role. Only I can do it on my own. Hashem knows there, God will not help. He only opens the door and tells you, come on in, do God's going to there. And you refuse to do it, you can't help, can't do anything about it. But in Hazaan, Hashem is there to really ozer. He's the one who's doing it. We read that in the Tefillah. You give the hand, you draw him in. You, Hashem, are actually doing it. The Kabil Shavim. To give people that he does it. He's the initiator of it. It's not to offend Rasha. It's not that he's waiting for Rasha. It's the first kind. You do it. Second kind is, he's the one who's in the Tahir and doing it. God in that second category is the teacher. He's the one who's promising purification. He's the one who's actually doing it. When the person does not know how to do the Shuvah, he will do it for you. And the divine initiative is there. He's the Metahir. The Shuvah throughout the entire year, Rasha explains, is what kind? The entire year is the Gvei Yisrael. You do it. However, Yom Kippur, Hashem is Potayach Yad, Yom Kippur Hashem himself will go ahead and do it for you. Hashem will admit ahead. Yom Kippur is Mechapeh by himself. Yom Kippur does the job for you. You don't do anything. You just remain passive. Yom Kippur Hashem says, you, I will do it. I will help you do it. God intercedes. You do it. Which supports the Gemara itself, which says, Atzmor Shem Yom Kippur Mechapeh. The, the essence of the day itself atones, irrespective of what you don't want to do anything. What happens? You do a thing. You are tabor. Why? Hashem does it. You do it. So to the two afterot. We read one after every other fast day. Ashkenazim do. We want your on Shabbat. Yerushua Hashem Right? Hosea has to seek out God. You have to go seek out God. God, what we say in Yotipur? Solo, solo, derech. Hashem will make the pathway straight. He's doing it all for you. Two different types of Teshuvah. Now, the last point over here is that, which we don't have time to do right now, which I'll start with next week, is that there are two types of transgressions. Two types of transgressions, and each type of transgression needs a different type of teshuvah. So that we'll pursue next week and go for this issue. And again, what I will point out to you is that you got all this from this Mishnah. Because it literally uses two terms for for why? Two terms for teshuvah. The base that was one term, that comes right down the now nobody ever thought before in history of commenting on this Mishnah that Bikibah is really referring to two types of Teshuvah, two types of Atarah, and two types of transgression.
Mm -hmm. And when we conclude next week, you'll see how star, how amazingly original this interpretation of this Mishnah actually is. Oh,